1: Listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network.
2: It's the Friday edition of Fantasy Sports Today. Hope you guys enjoyed some college football last night. I know that there are still a lot of you that have yet to have your fantasy football draft. So on today's show, we'll do our final update. We'll have Jamie Eisenberg from CBS in hour number one, forward big league pitcher Brad Ziegler, number two, and me, Craig Mish, number three, for the entire two hours of the show. This is Fantasy Sports Today, and it starts right now
0: fantasy sports today
2: And here we go. It's Fantasy Sports Today as it's our final Friday of the month of August, our final Friday without NFL football, and our first Friday of college football. Welcome into the show. This is Fantasy Sports Today. I am Craig Mish. Yes, sitting in the line of a hurricane. Fun to be me. I am in South Florida. I have Chris Bavona by my side today for the next two hours producing this program. And as always, you can dial us up here on the show, 844-843-6879. We'll bring in Jamie Eisenberg coming up in about 20 minutes from now. Jamie is going to be a regular guest of ours throughout the fantasy football season each and every Friday. So we're excited certainly to have him. Also excited to bring Brad Ziegler back to the show uh, on Fridays as well. Brad's final rankings update over at Fantasy Pros is up. You can also follow him on Twitter at Brad Ziegler and get the latest there. And let's kind of dive in here and start off with the show. I did have a draft last night, just so you guys know, uh, a Little League draft. Not a fantasy draft, a Little League draft. My first ever being an assistant coach for Little League and doing this exactly the same way that we do fantasy football. I I am not kidding you. It was the exact same way the exact same stupidity among owners, the exact same calling out names and numbers of players who have already been taken. Uh, I would dare to say that it was worse than a fantasy football draft in person. It was uh, long, it was tedious, and we're talking about 8-year-old and 7-year-old kids. And the amount of seriousness that goes into it, I give these guys a lot of credit. I would like my son to be a good player, but I tend to be on the softer side of things. Like, I want him to be good, and I and I hope he is good and I work with him and I and I hope one day that he's able to get to the next level play 12 year old 10 year old baseball but man I feel like these guys were looking for Dalvin Cook in that draft last night so that's what I was doing last night and then I come in today to do the show and I got to tell I got to talk to Chris Pavona here for a minute before we go any further because during the update and Chris does a great job with the updates but I need to clarify something here Chris once and for all forever and ever Chris, in the update, says that Ryan Fitzpatrick is named the Dolphins quarterback for the start of the season. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. But let me tell you something how, Chris, you can sound a lot more intelligent. This is no knock on you because everyone does it in the industry. But starting now, what I want you to do is when you say that something happens with the Dolphins, and when a guy makes the team or he gets traded there, he's going to start there, instead of saying South Beach, say Miami Gardens.
0: Miami gardens. Okay.
2: Okay. Yeah. And, and, and I love you. This has nothing to do with anything except for this is the craziest thing is that, and you wouldn't know Chris, cause you don't live here and, and that's totally acceptable. But what happens is, is that people on TV and people all over the country, they say the same thing. Joe Buck says exactly the same thing as you just say, uh, uh, uh Josh Rosen's headed to South beach. Let me explain something to you. South beach is probably 45 minutes to an hour from where the Dolphins play. They play nowhere close. They train over an hour away in Davie from South Beach. Now when LeBron said he was going to South Beach that still was about 25 minutes but at least it was closer and at least it made sense. So what happens uh, Chris is here in South Florida in general when someone says the guy is going to South Beach and they're playing with uh, for the Dolphins we look at that person as wow that guy has no idea anything about the state of Florida so there you go so a little uh, little uh, lesson learned today I don't Kinda know like
0: if... if somebody was going to play for the New York Giants they said they're gonna play in the uh, in the big Apple they're actually about 45 minutes outside of the big Apple in New York City in the Meadowlands yep.
2: yeah, or uh, in East Rutherford right yes. exact it, it is it is exactly the same thing uh, it's just not having correlation except for um, no, you know, you're right. You're right, because where the Dolphins play is technically Miami, so it would sound like Miami, but it's uh, South Beach is not the same. It is far. It is. Uh, I, I used to go out there all the time. I used to work down there all the time, but it is quite a bit far from there. So and it's, not, it's not as sexy to say Miami Gardens as it is to say South Beach. Uh, maybe none of South Beach or Miami Gardens will even exist by the time this hurricane comes next week, and it will be a moot point. And then, uh, Chris, you could just say from now on, uh, Longbow Key. But at least you know from now on that when you do that, when you do that, there are people in South Florida saying, oh, Chris Pavona, he doesn't know anything about South Florida. He's never been there before. He says South Beach. But there you go, a little lesson to be learned. If you want to do it, if not, I'm just trying to help you out. Uh, Okay, Uh, what else is happening? Is there anything else happening? Uh, Julian Edelman looks okay. He avoided a scare last night in the Patriots game. I still think Josh Gordon and and Jacoby Myers are worth uh, grabbing. Uh, Carlos Hyde is probably on the movie. It looked okay last night, I thought, for Kansas City. Saw some of the highlights there. Maybe Hyde ends up on Houston. Seems to be a pretty good destination for him. I think uh, Hyde can still play. Two years ago was a viable run back in the NFL now. It looks like he's done. And then finally, Jerry Jones comes out last night and admits that Zeke Elliott could end up missing some games to start the season. I'll be wrong on that one. I thought that he was going to end up signing. So if you're doing a draft this weekend, I don't know. I think that he's a late first-round pick as opposed to the fourth or fifth overall pick in the draft, to be honest with you. But even when he was suspended, he came back and played like a first-round pick. So that's a decision that you'll have to make. Here's the decision that I have to make. What do we talk about next coming up in the opening drive? That is what's next here on Fantasy Sports Today. Craig Mish with you here on the show for the next two hours. Hopefully you'll stick around for the whole time. But if you don't and you want to hit fast forward and you're listening on demand, make sure you like and subscribe to this show and listen to it whenever you want because we kind of put this in a podcast form. The audio is up on the Fantasy Sports Network app as well as Stitcher and iTunes and the Google Play Store as well. So make sure that you guys tune in because we got a fun show still in store for you today. Opening drive is next, and then we'll bring in Jamie Eisenberg. So don't go away. I'll be back right after this.
3: Go to GameFaceGrooming.com
0: for all your athletic facial wipes and body cleansing needs.
1: Where your mouth is and take a shot by opening a sports wagering account with FanDuel, New Jersey's largest sports book. Go to FanDuel.com slash grid where you'll receive a free bet of up to $500. That's a free bet of up to $500 when you open a sports wagering account at FanDuel.com slash grid. Point spreads, game totals, props, parlays, and in-game wagering on college and pro sports, and you're in control. Go to FanDuel.com slash grid. Open your new account and claim your free wager of up to $500 today.
0: Gambling problem? Call one 800 Gambler, 21 and over. New Jersey only. Eligibility restrictions apply. See website for details. game-time decisions.
1: You have all these schools. They have, like, alternate helmets and modern, cool stuff, and that's the big thing in college. It really helps with recruiting. Would you rather wear this... Or that Penn State Sandusky stuff, all the white and blue Oh, tradition. Oh, yeah. no, man, you want a... to wear this. Like, kids fall, like, it helps the Oregon Ducks. The, the uniforms and the track suits that everyone gets, they like that stuff. That's a big perk. Weekdays, 5 to 7 p.m. Eastern
0: on FNTSY Radio and on Sumo TV, Channel 719. Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Misch. Fantasy Sports Today presents First play from scrimmage The Opening Drive The first play of the game from the opening play And all the way for
2: a touchdown Alright, welcome back Opening drive, it is Craig Mish Here with you solo on the show today Although I do have two special guests And a special producer as Chris Mavona is sitting in today And uh, Sean's on a little bit of a break, which is good for him. I don't know where he went. Maybe to eat pizza. That's a guess. I don't have uh, confirmation on that, but we'll see. Uh, We got Jamie Eisenberg coming up in about 10 minutes from now. Stay tuned to that. This is the opening drive on Fantasy Sports today. Let's get started. And uh, got four first down, second down, third down, fourth down topics to get to today. And we begin with... uh, GM of the Chargers, Tom Talasco, who said late last night after the Chargers ended up playing their final preseason game that he feels, well, I don't want to misquote this guy, so let me quote him directly. He hasn't solved the Melvin Gordon issue. That's what he said. So obviously at this point, with the news going back and forth and hearing the general manager come out and say that, as opposed to the report that we heard from a local reporter a couple of days ago that his hunch was that Gordon would end up signing and playing, I think this gives you a little bit more of a definitive note. Now, remember, I've talked about this many times on the show. I have a lot of experience reporting in Major League Baseball and some of the NFL. I don't always believe what the coaches say and what the GMs say. Remember, this is always, it could be a message. We've seen coaches and we've seen general managers send messages through the media as well. This does not feel like a message. This feels like a little bit of a defeatist. And it does certainly sound like Gordon is going to miss games. We don't know how many. But I think that where he's being drafted in terms of ADP, and we'll dive in with Jamie Eisenberg on that coming up, fourth round, fifth round, sixth round, that certainly feels about right. I don't think that you can use any of your first three picks on Gordon. I don't think it would be smart. This is not like Ezekiel Elliott. And by the way, I think Ezekiel Elliott is a better fantasy player by far than Melvin Gordon is. they got some backup, uh, they got some backup options there with the Chargers. I don't think Dallas really does. Pollard, to me, is not what these other guys like Eckler and Jackson are. So expect to miss games if you're Gordon. Be careful drafting him if you're doing a draft this weekend or next week. By the way, my draft is uh, now tomorrow night. My draft was supposed to be Monday night, but we had to move it because of the hurricane. Great. All right, number two on the opening drive. Utah last night in college football. Boy, did they look good. Mm. Now, the game didn't end until 2 in the morning, so full transparency I was done around midnight. But they flexed their muscle last night, and Zach Moss, their running back, looked great. But their defense is awesome. And they got a legit chance, I think, Utah, to run the table this year. If you bet that total of 9.5 on the over, that was a very big win for you last night. And I think BYU will be fine. They just ran into a buzzsaw, and usually those two games, that game is close when those two teams play, but it was not. And so give Utah a ton of credit for, in the Holy War, coming out with a big win and covering that spread. Also, Clemson looked obviously phenomenal last night. No, no big surprise. They crushed Georgia Tech. Travis Etienne went off. He had 200 yards. We got some college games tonight as well. And then, of course, the full slate begins tomorrow. And for those of you who were into college football on a Sunday night, you got one game this week with Houston and Oklahoma. So we'll have to check in and check on that one as well. All right, so that is the second part of the opening drive. Now when we get to third down, this is the tough one for me because it just keeps coming up on the show. I know you guys don't want to hear about it, but there is nothing worse than having a natural disaster being headed your way. Now, I remember in New York, in the New Jersey area, I want to say this was probably about four or five years ago, when, uh, and I think it was in October maybe, or November, when Hurricane Sandy ended up going over there and causing a lot of havoc. And I've lived through so many of these. Two years ago, when uh, Hurricane Irma was headed our way, my family and I, it was very easy because the hurricane was coming from under the state of Florida. So we got in our car, and we took our two kids up Labor Day. We went to Disney World. And the Disney hotels never lose power. And we got a decent rate. And so we stayed there for seven days. Seven days. We had no power in South Florida for six days. We got word it came back on the seventh day. And that's when we came back, too. So uh, this is not fun for anyone. And anyone who's listening in South Florida or in the state of Florida, just be safe and understand that. These things can be life threatening, and so I certainly don't want anybody to get in harm's way and be very safe this weekend. I don't know where I will be. I'll let you guys know. Uh, right now, tentative plans to fly, but if the models change and it heads a little north and we'll end up staying, you can imagine living your life not knowing if you're going to be staying or going. That's definitely what I am going through right now for sure. Okay, uh, opening drive, fourth down. Here it is, fourth down. I don't know what kind of phones you guys are using out there, but for me, I—it's it, funny. I took so long to get off the BlackBerry. I was made fun of for years and years. And and, and look, I—I'm not talking about like the last five years. I've had an iPhone, okay? But going back, probably about eight nine years ago, I still had my silly BlackBerry, and I didn't want to give it up. And everyone said, "Oh, you got to go to the iPhone," and I was. One of these old guys yelling at a cloud saying, oh, it looks confusing and the touch screen, I don't know. Can you imagine that I said that back then, how stupid that was? Well, obviously now I'm an iPhone user. I'm an Apple user, although I have nothing against Android or anybody who uses anything else. Why am I talking about this? Well, it was announced today that September the 10th, there will be the announcement of the new iPhone. Another new iPhone. Now... I'm trying to think how many I've gone through throughout my illustrious iPhone career. I believe I went from the iPhone 5 to the iPhone 7 Plus and then to the iPhone uh, Max. So I've had three. I know people who get them every single time they come out. I just don't know what kind of budget those people can be on. I think I do pretty well for myself, but there's just simply no way that I could buy a new iPhone every year. I'm wondering what this is going to be because how many new things can you really do with this? Every year it's like, oh, better camera, right? Like that's what they say, better camera, faster uh, processor. But but don't you think that at some point there's going to be some revolutionary thing that's going to happen with one of these phones that's going to actually make you really want to buy them? Because when you see comments on social media from this, on Twitter and I suppose on Facebook and Instagram where they post pictures or they talk about an announcement coming out, from from Tim Cook and Apple, usually the comments are negative. Oh, another $1,000 out of my pocket. No way. I'm not doing it. Oh, what's the? what are they doing? Nothing this time, right? We see all those. I got to give them a lot of credit. They've definitely stayed relevant as long as any company in technology has. But I would tell you this. They're going to have to come up with something in the next year or two that's going to revolutionize this thing in terms of phones because I simply am in no rush to go get a new phone. My work, Mine works fine. It does everything I need it to do. It's nice and big. And, uh, and I am very fortunate that in the last eight years, I have never broken my phone. Never. I've never cracked it. I've always kept it safe. So there's been no need for me to do anything else. Although I will say this. I, I did buy the new one last year at this time, one year ago. So I'll check it out. I'll see what they have to offer. But if it is nothing revolutionary, then I will be right back on my same phone that I've had over the, uh, the last year. And that will do it for the opening drive. Also, one other quick note. Josh Gordon has been officially reinstated by the New England Patriots. It is expected that he will play week one. That is a good sign for me because in two of the three leagues that I drafted in, I took a shot and I took Josh Gordon. Uh, hopefully this is not a mistake. I have a feeling it may be. It's always been a mistake (laughs) with the exception of one year where he went off. But since then, it's always been one thing after the other. But here I am going down this road again, probably that I shouldn't be going down. But either way, uh, I have Josh Gordon on my team. Uh, By the way, uh, there's a lot of very small cuts today. I wouldn't say they're small because these poor guys who dream about being in the NFL are getting cut. And are finding out that they may never play in the NFL ever again. But just keep an eye on those today because it may end up helping you in uh, in your search for fantasy. So, uh, by the way, uh, Elliot Fry, who was trying to kick his way into the Ravens job, uh, ended up getting cut. So, um, it looks like right now Will Lutz is, uh, is the kicker for the Ravens. Or it may end up being Vedvik, who they acquired. We really don't know there. Joe Webb, the backup quarterback for the Texans. Has a foot injury. He's going to be out for the season. Uh, Bill O'Brien said Kiki Kuti could end up playing week one, so we'll see about that. It's just constant updates with really small, minuscule fantasy relevance. But we'll give them all to you coming up next as we bring in Jamie Eisenberg from CBS Sports. Don't go away.
5: BABOO <laughs>
0: The leading cleaning service in New York City and Boston. We service homes, offices, corporate apartments, and Airbnb turnarounds. Give us a call or a text at 212 299 5170 to book now. That's 212 299 5170. Use the promo code FNTSY for 15% off your first cleaning. For more information, go to maidsailors.com. That's maidsailors.com. Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Mish and Jamie Eisenberg.
2: And welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. And time to mix in a little fantasy football discussion with one of my old friends, Jamie Eisenberg from CBS Sports. he is going to be joining us throughout the fantasy football season. I couldn't be more pleased to have Jamie reunite with me here on a smaller level on fantasy sports today. Of course, you can catch him over at CBS Sports. He has been in the business basically as long or longer than anyone that I know and doing it at the highest level in the country in terms of statistical analysis, rankings, and of course, broadcasting, which is a big part of this, being able to disseminate the information, which I think is a lost art in the fantasy industry. Jamie, thank you so much for being part of the show, and thanks for coming on this fantasy football season. Really appreciate it.
3: Oh, my pleasure, Craig. Thanks for having me.
2: All right, so uh, so let's kind of get started here, Jamie, and, and let's let, let's take a look at where you were maybe a month ago as opposed to where you are now. For people who are listening across the country, what do you think the most significant changes in your rankings over at CBS have been, and how have you altered those to counter for any potential events that have gone down?
3: I, I mean, I think the biggest thing has been sort of the, the holdout running backs and some of the injuries that we've dealt with that usually is... You know, typically the biggest uh, needle mover um, when it comes to you know rankings adjustments and things of that nature. And then you know, clearly once you do your rankings before the preseason games start, comparatively to where they are now, you know, after seeing some of the things on the field. Not that we've seen a lot because of how teams have sort of operated, but you know, Ezekiel Elliott going from you know as high as number one overall to uh, you know somebody that you may consider drafting at the end of the first round or in some cases maybe the second round Uh, melvin gordon who went from a top five overall pick to a guy that's now fallen to the fifth round Uh, you know some of the significant injuries you know like one in particular aj green um the the ankle injury that he's dealing with the um the colts players as a result of andrew luck's retirement so you know those things are the are the biggest you know uh, pendulum swingers in terms of how you uh, h- how you look at players and it's kind of the, the conversation that a lot of people have of when to hold your fantasy draft. If you had your draft you know before uh, August, let's just say, or early part of August, because you wanted to do something live with your friends or you know just that was the way everything worked out, you may have gotten some steals and guys like Austin Eckler and Tony Pollard and things of that nature. Uh, conversely, if you drafted Andrew Luck, you're scrambling for a quarterback because he's no longer playing.
2: Yeah, and, and, and listen, we've, on this show, talked about that dynamic. Do, do you think, that Jamie, that we're headed toward a different day of drafting? I know that for our industry, and and obviously we're all in the business to provide content and to help people make decisions, but the fantasy football conversation starts so early. It starts in June or July, and I'm transparent about the fact that uh, I'm not a believer in that, but it's probably more because I'm, I'm still very much into baseball mode, and some people do shift toward football. Do you tell your subscribers and people who watch... You over on CBS HQ, hey, look, you know, you may want to just wait right until the beginning of your draft moving forward. I mean, how how do you kind of wade through that? Because the dynamic is obviously you want people to, to check out your rankings in June and July. You want people to get involved in best ball drafts, too. But part of that has become just so dangerous. And I think maybe this year more than ever, and it had very little to do with injuries. It was more to do with everything going on off the field.
3: I I, I think it's, you know, kind of case specific. You know, in a vacuum, I think you really want to hold your draft third preseason game Close to the you know start of the season in that you know two week window because that's typically when we have the most information when you know which key players are going to be dealing with injuries when you know about what the holdouts typically are and, and at least where they're trending so that's kind of you know the window that you want to look for but you know I, I'll go back to it I do uh, two you know really live drafts um, and scheduling those are impossible when you have jobs and kids and family and all those things that factor into it and so when you can get that together I think that experience is more enjoyable than actually what happens during the fantasy season so you know you want to have a good team you want to have the best knowledge you want to have the most information at your disposal but at the same time it's just not realistic in certain situations now you mentioned that you know there are things that we have to do for content and there are leagues that we draft uh, amongst the industry amongst ourselves here at tbs uh, i'm sure you guys as well where you play those out just because it's more fun to do drafts that are real as opposed to just mocks, and you deal with that, you know, from uh, an industry perspective as well. It's things you just have to sort of, you know, understand. But, yeah, I mean, clearly if you can wait till, you know, there are people that do drafts the night of the first game just because, you know, they, they want to, you know, see what everything is happening and, and, and how, you know, all these teams are going to look. We're joined by Jamie
2: Eisenberg of CBS Sports, and, and the other part of this, Jamie, that's interesting because from a baseball perspective, and and as you know, I'm able to report, and I'm able to sometimes use the reality information in fantasy, and I think that for me, that's what's separated me. Maybe for some others, I would also say that separates it for you too, because I know that you spend a lot of time scouting teams. I know that you go to the combine. You you've gone to preseason games. You've gone to practices. Is there Are there any takeaways that you've gotten outside from just looking at data and sitting on a computer, anyone, any coach, any player that you spoke to at all this offseason that you left saying, you know something, I, I feel differently because I got this piece of information in person as a reporter, as we would call it?
3: No, absolutely. You know, it's, um, you know, it's been a big benefit. I don't do it as much as I used to, uh, you know, as I've transitioned away from being a a former newspaper guy to, you know, uh, like you said, you know, being a little bit more of a on-air personality and and doing those type of things, it's just harder to get out into the field. But yes, in the off season I try to do that as much as possible, but um, it's relying on people that I know and trust. And so, you know, not necessarily me talking to somebody firsthand, but somebody that I know and trust is talking to, you know, players or teams there. It's, you know, it's, it's, Sources are sources, I guess. That's the best way to describe it. Yeah. So if you're relying on somebody that you know and you trust, and so I'll give you one example, you know, somebody that I know and trust is with the Packers this off season, And, the question that I had, and I'm sure a lot of people as well, who's going to be the second guy behind Devonte Adams, Geronimo Allison coming back from last year's injury-riddled situation, or Marquez Valdez scanling the second-year player who stepped up in Allison's absence? And so I thought it was going to be Allison, just given that he's the more experienced player, that he was off to such a, a fantastic start last year, and that this is somebody that can step into the slot role for uh, Randall Cobb not being there. Well. Come to find out, not only does Aaron Rodgers love Marquez aldis Scantling, the coaching staff loves MVS. And so while I think Allison still have a good year, it was a quick turn for me in terms of my rankings where I had Allison higher than, than Aldis-Cantling, and I made that adjustment.
2: And there you go. Jamie Eisenberg telling it to you straight. And that's part of the game that Jamie brings to the table as opposed to somebody just literally sitting at a computer. And that is a big part of this. And obviously, as Jamie knows and as I know, it doesn't always work out that way. But better to at least try and use the information that you get as opposed to just kind of. You know, dumping it or putting it away. Um, let, let's let's talk specifically, and and Jamie's going to be with us for two segments, then we'll get into players. But let's talk specifically, Jamie, about how you feel about the preseason at this point, because you you made you brought up a key point on week three of the NFL preseason. Now I know, as you mentioned, you uh, used to be a reporter in your former fantasy life. Uh, I covered the Dolphins, I covered the Buccaneers, home and road games, and it was always week three that I felt like for fantasy that was the biggest advantage was seeing those games going back and watching, who was in there looking at box scores, and we really don't have that ability anymore because it just seems like teams are just unwilling to play any players at all in the preseason. Is that an adjustment, Jamie, that we're going to have to make going forward, or do you feel like you did ascertain some information from week three of the preseason? Because I know week four last night was more or less a dud.
3: We may not have the preseason moving forward. You know, that's, I think, the reality of it is you know, that teams are getting a little bit more out of joint practices that they're doing with these teams, that they're You know, finding that what's the risk in sending guys out there. You know, the the Jaguars, for example, um, I know they played some guys in the third preseason game because I was there uh, when they played the Dolphins in South Florida. Um, But the first two preseason games, they played nobody, and it's because they had so many guys that were hurt last year, the biggest one being Marquise Lee suffering that torn ACL that he's still trying to recover from. So I think teams are going to take a much more cautious approach moving forward because – you know, they're finding out that they're getting just as much out of practice. And again, when they have these joint practices with other teams, um, it, it's just not worth it to uh, to do, you know, get those guys hurt uh, in meaningless situations. So I, I think we're going to start to see uh, if the preseason does continue a scenario of just trying to find out who some of the backup guys are. And in some cases, you know, like we saw the Patriots in the fourth preseason game playing Julian Edelman because he was coming back from the thumb injury, playing Josh Gordon and Demaryius Thomas, just in terms of name guys who needed to knock off the rust because they were either hurt or in Gordon's case suspended. The Dolphins did something similar with Albert Wilson in the fourth preseason game. So you'll have those scenarios, but I just don't think it's worth it for these teams to, you know, have these guys out there for extended stretches. And to, to your point of, you know, seeing what they do and, you know, who are some of the potential breakout type of guys. It's just not going to happen, I think, moving forward. And again, and that that could be if the preseason is still here.
2: All right. Uh, one more. We'll take a break and then we'll come back with you. Uh, in, in terms of that kind of moving forward, and I know that obviously, you know, working for CBS, it gives you a little bit of more insight. Have you thought about, Jamie, what you would like to see moving forward? Would, would you like to see just more practices, one preseason game, more preseason games? Have, have you guys weighed in on that over on your on your show every day?
3: I think one thing that you could potentially see is uh teams trying to take advantage of their own sites their own team websites and maybe a subscription-based scenario of broadcasting those joint practices Uh, i know they do that to some extent now but you know making it more of a subscription thing or as we see you know not just hard knocks but all the you know behind the scenes you know shows that are popping up whether it's amazon prime or you know whatever these these teams are doing it. Um, I can see that happening, you know, so it, it's they're forcing joint practices as opposed to messing the team scheduling themselves. And so, you know, all 32 teams are pairing off with somebody else, you know, whether it's Miami and Jacksonville, Atlanta, Jacksonville, uh, uh, the Jacksonville and Atlanta, you know, regional situations, the Giants and the Jets, you know, so there's not a lot of travel involved, but, you know, you mix it up each year. I, I can see that happening and teams trying to, you know, profit off of that. They're never going to make the same money that they would on what the ticket sales are, whether people show up or not. Um, so that's really, I think, where the tricky thing comes. And then obviously there's the 18-game schedule that's being talked about, which is certainly going to be something that, these, uh, you know, it comes up in the next collective bargaining agreement
2: yeah and and they're talking about maybe sitting a player over the 18 games maybe a player would not be able to play i I, crazy scenarios yeah yeah, it's crazy scenarios we used to have 2 bye weeks, so maybe Mm -hmm. that will happen again uh okay so let's do this we'll take a quick time out and uh love just talking game theory with jamie as you guys could see but coming up next we will dive into players specifically rankings players that jamie has on a lot of his teams as we head toward the regular season which of course starts on thursday night so let's take a Quick timeout out here on Fantasy Sports Today. Craig Mish with you here. We are going to have Jamie Eisenberg from CBS Sports all football season long, each and every Friday. He will join us for one more segment, and then we will uh, let him go. He's got a show to do today as well. You're listening to FTSY's Fantasy Sports Today. Craig Misch back right after this.
5: Message and data rates may apply.
0: Hi, I'm Frank Thomas, the Big Hurt. Full-time
2: fantasy. When you give advice to people, well, and they will push, push back. They go, well, what about this? What about my eyes? Like, right, so why are you asking me that? You disagree or you have a different viewpoint? So why are you asking me? I don't want to argue with you. I'm not here to fight. Maybe friend. he doesn't ask for my opinion.
5: I'm giving it. I'm trying to give him like, I like this guy, I like this guy. Right, he'll
0: go, Eddie. I don't like this guy. I'm like, dude, who had Patrick Mahomes last year? Who won thousands upon thousands of dollars? I'm giving you advice. No, I don't like this guy. Seriously? Weekdays, 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern on the Fantasy Sports Network and on your popular podcast providers.
1: Best friends! Yes. the best friends forever you're supposed to be cheering for the team not for a single player it's sickening but glad that andrew lux can step away under his own choice but we're talking fantasy football this is the fantasy football best friends forever show and listen to me i told you guys that you can't take this man he is not a football player start listening to us or suffer the consequences
0: watch live weekdays 2 to 4 p.m eastern on sumo tv channel 719 Fantasy sports today with Craig Mish and Jamie Eisenberg.
2: Welcome back fantasy to sports today. Craig Mish back with you in the house along with CBS sports Jamie Eisenberg. You can find his rankings over at CBS constantly updating them. And through the years we have had our debates. I-, I think our best debate ever was unfortunately one that you won. If I'm not mistaken, I think that Jamie, uh, we may have done a TV show about 12 years ago where i thought darren mcfadden was the second coming of uh, terrell davis and he ended up being the eighth coming of uh, nothing and uh, so i gotta give you credit on that one 12 years later but i think that we've talked about that through the years if i'm not mistaken right
3: I thought we were gonna go with Devin and Roma Shodu as coming uh, <laughs> Randy
2: Moss. <laughs> I got that one wrong too. I got that one wrong. I, I really still thought that uh Roma Shodu was gonna end up being something, but nah, no nah, he petered out pretty quickly, that's for sure. All right, uh okay, so let's 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 start with the question here from an expert like yourself who's been at this for so long. Uh you know, I mean my favorite question to ask to really get a gauge on who you like is I don't know how many drafts you've done. I don't know how many really count for you. But, Jamie, of the most fantasy drafts that you've been in, the majority of them in the industry, we call them shares, I guess. Who is it that's on Jamie Eisenberg's team the most, one, two, three players? And if you could kind of also disseminate whether they were value picks because they fell to you or if if you just really liked those players, just kind of a handful of those guys.
3: Yeah, I take a lot of shares of Lamar Jackson, Darwin Thompson, Matt Breida, Curtis Samuel, and probably Vance McDonald. I would say I have a lot of teams with those, and I think I'm playing out. I haven't gotten the final count yet, but it's like 20 to 25 leagues. So probably double that in terms of drafts that we do, you know, just for content purposes. Um, I just think that Lamar Jackson has such a great opportunity uh, based on his rushing ability. And, uh, you know, I, I think with the quarterback position being so deep, it's an easy position to take a swing for the fences and if you miss you know you may be stuck with say Kirk Cousins or Matthew Stafford or Derek Carr and you can still win your fantasy weeks most of the time if your rest of the ro- rest of your roster is good but you know the upside with Lamar Jackson for me especially in four point for passing touchdowns uh, is off the charts in terms of Thompson and Breda, I think they're in you know good backfield situations uh, Thompson if he ever gets the chance to be the starter for the Chiefs could be awesome as we saw with Damien Williams taking over for Kareem Hunt last year I'm not sold on Damian Williams being a superstar for 16 games. I think he's very good and has a great opportunity. But I'll take my chances with Thompson in the double-digit round. He's sort of creeping up a little bit uh, to round nine. But I think round 10, round 11, if you can get him there, it's worth it. Uh, Breida, same thing. You know, Tevin Coleman's in a great spot, but I think they're going to use Breida quite a bit. And then Curtis Samuel, I think, could, you know, push DJ Moore to be the number one receiver in Carolina. I, I like the setup for him, as well as for his McDonald with all the targets available in Pittsburgh without Antonio Brown and Jesse James there. So these guys are all, you know, relatively, uh, Samuel's probably the highest guy being drafted, and you know, his ADP continues to climb because the Panthers just continue to, you know, say positive things about him. But uh, for the most part, those guys are around eight or later.
2: Yeah, and, and some value guys, too. Vance McDonald, I'm happy to hear because I definitely have him in a couple of leagues. Let me go back to Jackson here for a minute because in hour number two, uh, I'm going to spend some extended time talking about him. And I, and I think, Jamie, I, I don't know if this is appropriate because his, from a historical perspective, the game has changed so much. But to me, Jamie, it does seem like Lamar Jackson has a chance to be Randall Cunningham, a chance to be Michael Vick, a chance to be when Vince Young Was great for those couple years. I think that fantasy folks have forgotten what kind of dominant numbers those guys put up as quarterbacks for fantasy. I, I, I don't think that people realize because we haven't seen it in a while. Yeah, I mean, Cam Newton had a year or two where where he rushed for a lot of yards. Uh, RG3 had one year, too. But I, I started to do a little bit of a historical deep dive. It just hasn't happened in a while, Jamie. So I think that people forget uh, that a rushing quarterback and a running quarterback in fantasy could easily be a top three guy.
3: It's going to be interesting to see how he does, you know, because he's talking about not necessarily running as much. And um, as we saw last year, he only started seven games, and he still led the position in rushing with almost 700 yards. Now, obviously, he sprinkled in some performances when he was in tandem with, you know, playing behind joe flacco but um if he can get the, the the number i'm looking forward to seeing him reach is 3,000 passing yards because i'd be shocked if his rushing goes down barring an injury that he's lower than 700 he could potentially get to a thousand rushing yards if he decides to continue to run at the same pace he was actually on pace for just taking his seven games that he started he was on pace for 1200 rushing yards so um yeah craig it's it's a hundred percent based on his rushing ability because we know he's flawed as a passer and it's not like he has tremendous weapons around him I think he gets a little bit too much of a knock for how he throws the ball because if you go back look at Jared Goff's rookie season look at Trubisky's rookie season look at Carson Wentz's rookie season and now these guys have all morphed into very good passers Trubisky maybe not on the same level as the other guys but they've certainly changed their game to become better throwers I don't know if Jackson will eventually get to that but we're talking about his fantasy aspects our prospects here and we were telling people and I'm sure you as well Tim Tebow was a good fantasy quarterback because of what he did running the ball. Colin yes. Kaepernick because of his rushing ability. You mentioned RG3. Obviously, the two guys, of recent memory, or not recent memory, but historically, uh, Michael Vick and, and Randall Cunningham, like you mentioned. Steve Young, uh, John Elway, when they were you know, at, at their best, uh, it was because they were not necessarily just stuck in terms of throwing the ball from the pocket. They're very good at that, but it's also because of what they're able to do running out of the pocket. Even Aaron Rodgers and Andrew Luck, they don't get the credit that they deserve as mobile quarterbacks. So, um, yeah, I think, I think Lamar Jackson has a chance to be one of the better fantasy quarterbacks it's just a matter of what your risk versus reward is but i think it then at that position you take a swing for the fences because you have so many good fallback options
2: yeah and, and look in a worst case scenario and obviously nobody wants to see a worst case scenario with jackson but uh vince young would be probably the worst case scenario Threw for 2200 yards 12 touchdowns rushed for seven touchdowns rushed for seven touchdowns in 2006 and 550 yards now obviously he didn't have the same production over the course of his career but I think that's the floor for him this year I really do and I think that that would be a scenario that people wouldn't like to see but at the very least you're still getting a top five quarterback in the end if those are the numbers that are put up so uh, interesting take there for sure uh, one of the other dilemmas that I think we have this late in the game and, and we don't have to hash Lux retirement at this point Jamie but how did you do adjust? Just mac and how did you adjust ty hilton when the news came out because it seems to me at this point that's still a little bit of a wild card and i don't see hilton in some of the mocks and at least the nffc drafts he hasn't dropped that much i thought he would drop a little bit more but it only seems to be about an eight to ten uh pick mark Where, where did you drop him in rankings and do you think that they can come close to what they would have done with luck there
3: I don't think that Hilton will come as close, but I don't think the drop-off should be as dramatic as it is. And I'm going to say that, but I've also dropped him about a round and a half. And that just goes more to that. He was at the top of a group of receivers that I think are all very good. Uh, but they're all kind of similar. And so, you know, he was – there's really like eight or nine elite receivers, depending on how you value Mike Evans and Keenan Allen. I think those guys deserve to be in the elite conversation if they, you know, play 16 games and perform as they do. So Hilton was kind of right behind those guys. And then, you know, you're talking about, for me, the Minnesota guys, the Rams guys, you know, so I just put him behind that whole group. Uh, But I still think you can draft him as a starter, and I think he can give you great production. Mac, I dropped about a round. Um, I still think the strength of this team – without andrew luck is the offensive line and so they have one of the best lines in football jacoby Brissett's going to get knocked for how he did in the 2017 season when he took over for luck because of the shoulder injury he's more experienced the talent around him is better the coaching is better and if there was ever a coach you'd say you want to lead a backup quarterback it's one of the best backup quarterbacks that we've ever seen in frank reich who's come in when he had to as a as a player and then the same coach that helped Nick Foles won a Super Bowl when he was the offensive coordinator for the Eagles, so I think this offense is still going to be good. It's not going to be as good as it was clearly because Andrew Luck is one of the best quarterbacks that we've ever seen. And so, if Jacoby Brissett can continue just to be serviceable, and I think you saw that in the second preseason game when he, you know, led them on a touchdown drive to Ebron, who, you know, also still has some upside if you want to buy into him. Uh, but I think in terms of Mac and Hilton, they're still worth drafting as starters. For me, it's round four for Mac, round five for Hilton, and I was taking Mac in round three, and in most cases, Hilton in round three as well. Before luck got, uh, before
2: luck retired. All right, last one for Jamie Eisenberg of CBS Sports, and of course, catch all his work over there. Follow him on Twitter at Jamie Eisenberg. Uh, th- there was a point that I made on a previous show this week, and I- and I'm wondering what your thoughts are on this. Is that. Uh, the Houston Texans, who, by the way, get a huge boost with Luck not playing. Uh, if they end up making this trade and getting a left tackle, obviously all the offensive numbers go up from a running perspective, and even for Deshaun Watson. But, Jamie, for me, and I know who Duke Johnson is. Of course, you live in South Florida, so you know who Duke Johnson is, too. What I'm trying to you know, maintain here a little bit is I'm not sure that we don't have an Arian Foster situation with someone on that Houston Texans bench in terms of running back that has a chance to be a star. The only- only issue is, Jamie, it's a fantasy star and I don't have a clue who that guy may be. Is there a guy on Houston that's sitting on that roster that you're taking in the again, last round of a fantasy draft rather than waiting for the for your budget to blow your budget on this guy? What happens if Duke Johnson rushes six times, 20 yards, and one of these other Texans running backs comes in 11 rushes, 80 yards, a touchdown and then everyone wants to use their number one waiver or all their fat budget on the guy? I just can't identify who that may be. Is there a guy or am I completely off with this?
3: I think the one thing would be if we get past this weekend and they don't add somebody who was released, you know, the, and the names that you're going to hear are Carlos Hyde and Kenneth Dixon and, you know, some of the other running backs that are going to, you know, get discarded off of rosters. Um, that will be telling because I think the two guys that are three guys that you may, you know, hear and, you know, we don't necessarily know which one is the best of the three is and i'm probably going to butcher his first name but it's the the maria crockett yeah um karen higdon and buddy howell and i don't know if all three guys make the final roster to be honest with you one of those guys can end up on the practice squad uh but crockett is the one that you've heard the most buzz about this was before adding duke johnson when they were talking about maybe trading for melvin gordon um so i think crockett is the name that you want to keep an eye on if you do take a flyer on it we do this uh pick-by-pick pick series, which has uh, just come out on our, on our site for PPR. The non-PPR version will be on cbssports.com by the end of Friday. Um, I took Crockett with uh, a 15th-round pick, you know, just because uh, I'm doing this with my three other colleagues. We, we each take three teams in this 12-person 12, uh, 12 draft, and it's very difficult because we all know what we're doing. So you're just kind of, you know, throwing darts at the wall. So, yeah, I, I'm with you. You know, Crockett, I don't know if um, – if any of the guys get to the Arian Foster level, if Duke Johnson stays healthy, simply because he'd be a speed bump, you know they'll continue to force this trade to justify making it. You know why they made the trade? They'll continue to force him out there. Um, but I do think Duke Johnson's got a great opportunity. Yes, he, he hasn't been great at the NFL level, but you know we've never seen him in a 200-touch role. His his career high in touches is 165 as a rookie. So I'm excited for him, especially like you said, if they do acquire Laramie Tunsil.
2: All right. Jamie Eisenberg with us at cbssports.com. You can catch him online and see his show every single day. And not only is Jamie there and Dave Richard and a lot of the great fantasy football analysts, but this year they have brought in some really special talent. I'm seeing video with Roddy white on there and Eddie Lacey and a a lot of former NFL guys, Fred Jackson, who have played a part in fantasy. So certainly they can uh, talk about this and it's, I don't know any other show that's doing that in the country. So, uh, Jamie, I look forward to catching your show every day throughout the year. And also, thank you so much for being part of this show here today. Uh, Looking forward to talking to you and and doing some deep dives into how we can help people win their fantasy leagues this year. So thank you so much again for coming on. Stay safe with your family this weekend, and we'll catch up again next week, okay?
3: Thanks, Greg. Good to talk to you, bud. I'm looking forward to it, and uh, likewise, stay safe, and everybody in South Florida be safe as well.
2: All right, that's Jamie Eisenberg from CBS Sports and cbssports.com. Don't forget, you can hear this segment on demand 24 hours, seven days a week by downloading our show on iTunes, of course, on the Android app, as well as listening to us on Stitcher and audioboom.com and the Fantasy Sports networkcom Just click on my ugly face. You can hear our show 24 hours a day, seven days a week, right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. We'll take a quick time out here on the show. We'll be back with more, and of course, Brad Ziegler will be with us coming up at the top of the hour. Don't go away.
0: DailyRoto.com
1: Game time decisions. Sunbelt teams have fared very well in bowl games. They do well when they play Power Five uh, teams and they're getting points. They're, they've had a lot of competitive games. There's some teams that can play in this conference. App State, they're the favorites at minus 175. Arkansas State's plus four fifty. Troy is plus seven hundred. Georgia Southern, nine to one. Lafayette 13 to 1. Monroe 13. Texas State 50. The Sunbelt's actually been a moneymaker. Weekdays, 5 to 7 p.m. Eastern on FNTSY
0: Radio and on Sumo TV, channel 719. Fantasy Sports. Today with Craig Mish.
2: Welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. As we wrap up the first hour of the show, here's what you missed. Jamie, it does seem like Lamar Jackson has a chance to be Randall Cunningham, a chance to be Michael Vick, a chance to be when Vince Young was great for those couple of years. I think that fantasy folks have forgotten what kind of dominant numbers those guys put up as quarterbacks for fantasy. I, I, I don't think that people realize because we haven't seen it in a while. Yeah, I mean, Cam Newton had a year or two where where he rushed for a lot of yards. Uh, RG3 had one year, too. But I, I started to do a little bit of a historical deep dive. It just hasn't happened in a while, Jamie. So I think that people forget uh, that a rushing quarterback and a running quarterback in fantasy could easily be a top
3: three guy. It's going to be interesting to see how he does, you know, because he's talking about not necessarily running as much. And um, as we saw last year, he only started seven games, and he still led the position in rushing with almost 700 yards. Now, obviously, he sprinkled in some performances when he was in tandem with, you know, playing behind, Joe Flacco, but um if he can get the, the, the number, I'm looking forward to seeing him reach is 3,000 passing yards. Because I'd be shocked if his rushing goes down, barring an injury, that he's lower than 700. He could potentially get to 1,000 rushing yards if he decides to continue to run at the same pace. He was actually on pace for just taking it seven games that he started. He was on pace for 1,200 rushing yards. So, um, yeah, Craig, it's it's 100% uh, based on his rushing ability because we know he's flawed as a passer, and it's not like he has tremendous weapons around him I think he gets a little bit too much of a knock for how he throws the ball because if you go back look at Jared Goff's rookie season look at Trubisky's rookie season look at Carson Wentz's rookie season and now these guys have all morphed into very good passers Trubisky maybe not on the same level as the other guys but they've certainly changed their game to become better throwers I don't know if Jackson will eventually get to that but we're talking about his fantasy aspects our prospects here and we were telling people and I'm sure you as well Tim Tebow was a good fantasy quarterback because of what he did running the ball. Colin yes. Kaepernick because of his rushing ability. You mentioned RG3. Obviously, the two guys are recent memory, or not recent memory, but historically, uh, Michael Vick and, and Randall Cunningham, like you mentioned. Steve Young, uh, John Elway, when they were you know, at, at their best, uh, it was because they were not necessarily just stuck in terms of throwing the ball from the pocket they're very good at that but it's also because of what they're able to do running out of the pocket even Aaron Rodgers and Andrew Luck they don't get the credit that they deserve as mobile quarterbacks so um, yeah I think I think Lamar Jackson has a chance to be one of the better fantasy quarterbacks it's just a matter of what your risk versus reward is but I think it then at that position you take a swing for the fences because you have so many good fallback options
2: and we'll be right back with more fantasy sports today Hour number two if you're listening live or if you're listening on demand, this is FNTSY Radio, Crankmish Fantasy Sports Today.